Hi everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. Just Molly here today. Um, we're doing a quick check-in with 2023 U.S. Triple Jump Champion, Tori Franklin. She is uh, going to be jumping this weekend at the World Championships in Budapest, Hungary. Everyone will link the schedules to see how to watch, what to watch on www.keeping-track.com. All the links to follow Tori will be there too. But we talked to Tori actually a year and a half ago, and um, it was great catching up with her. Since then, she has done some big things. She has won a bronze medal at the 2022 World Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and so we talked to her a little bit about that, a little bit about her training, and about her book release, You Anthem, which she has been writing since 2020. So this is a big deal. Um, and she's also got other things in the pipeline, like she is launching a nonprofit. And she does a lot of writing. She's a very multidimensional athlete. So it's always fun to talk to her, see what motivates her, talk to her about how the season's going. And um, don't forget to tune in to the World Championships. I know I will be. Thanks for keeping track. Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. Today we are talking to triple jumper, US champion, Tori Franklin, who is actually checking in with us again. We've had her on the show before. So we're gonna link that episode from about a year and a half ago. Um, and Tori, like since then, you've done some big things, just a casual yeah. bronze medal at the world championships last year. Yeah, little things, little things. Yes. first. <laughs> First medal for triple jump, uh, first U.S. medal for triple jump ever. So on U.S. Mm -hmm. soil, that was huge. Um, and on the track, off the track, a lot is happening. We're going to talk about that too. Um, but yeah, first, let's just tell people where you are. You're coming off a win at the U.S. Championships. You're getting ready for Worlds. Where are you? What's going on the last couple of weeks? Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I just came off my first actual national title. Um, a few weeks ago, which is exciting. And then I came back to Athens, Greece, which is actually where I'm based out of. Um, this is where I train. I moved here about about a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago. Was I might have been after we talked to you last time. I'm not sure. But yeah, since then, this is where I've been most of the year. Um, it's been quite a journey getting adjusted to the culture, language, food, everything, but it has it's been working out for the best. Have you learned much Greek? It sounds like a really hard language to master. <laughs> I have. I actually can hold a basic conversation. I can order food and I can ask any questions and I can answer most direct questions. Hey, oh, that's pretty good. They say immersion, right? And you're just over there. So you got to mm -hmm. either learn it or not know what's going on. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> is, does your coach speak that language or who is your coach? And yes. um, how does that work? So his name is Yorgos Pomaski. He's actually Bulgarian, um, but he's been living in Greece for like 23 years. So yes, he speaks the language and he speaks like all the Slavic languages. Like he speaks so many languages, it's crazy. Yet English is his least well-spoken language, um, but we make it work. He he tells me the basics and I just kind of fill in the blanks. A lot of diagrams being drawn and stuff like that. And hands <laughs> and, and single motions. Like, it's just, it's really funny, actually. Yeah. Well, it's obviously <laughs> working out. Um, so that sounds like it's been, a, it's been an adjustment, but a good setup. You're jumping well. Um, mm -hmm. World championships coming up. Um, 
and off the track some exciting things too so i remember when we were talking to you you mentioned you were working on a book you anthem and what do you want to announce now like how what is the status of the book I am happy and so proud to announce that you anthem is on pre-sale now. Yes. Check our blog for links. We're going to hook you up with how to pre uh, buy this book. And I don't know, Tori, do you want to explain why pre-sales are important? Don't like I we published a book my, myself and my co-author Sarah. We published a book about women's running. Yeah. And that was about that was 2022. But the pre-sales are important. I don't know if you want to mm-hmm. let people know how that yes. supports the author. Absolutely. So the pre-sales is the period that most authors are able to get to any type of like significant level of award, like the New York bestseller, Times bestseller. Um, all of that happens during the pre-sales when you all buy the books, because then it says when the book goes on sale, this is how many sales this author has generated on this date. And that's like, it's really important for that. Um, do you have anything to add? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the pre-sales are important for those metrics and like the way they judge book sales in general is kind of like a weird inexact science, but I do know pre-sale is something they use and it's something that benefits the author a lot. So if you're going to buy the book, you might as well buy it now. Um, is what what we're saying. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to read it. I have not read it yet, so I can't really talk much about it, but Tori, if you want to give a bit of a synopsis and um just the journey because I know you sounded like you were going to publish at one point and then you waited and then your story changed and just I don't know like how did you feel that out because it feels like it came at the right time but it was so uncertain Mm -hmm. absolutely so this book has definitely had its own like life experience I initially started it because I wanted it to be just a quick little ebook to help people get their some tips for their mental health journey that's how it started um but then I met this um literary agent that helped me expand it and was like no this is something we really want to try to publish you know um and so the first half of the book is that journey that I did with her which was primarily about my mental health journey, um, having struggled with depression, having had experience of sexual trauma um, and just feelings of low self-worth. It goes through that journey as well as the things that I've used to manage my mental health. Um, So I have challenges at the back of the first part, which are like um, different versions of meditation, different versions of movement, journal prompts, things like that. And then the second part of the journey, so that first part was what I was going to publish. Um, Like you mentioned, when it was ready and I was like, let's do it. Let's try to figure this out. But I waited um, because we we just waited. Okay. The second part is my athletic journey, which starts just a little bit before the Tokyo Olympics. And it goes through that experience of having what I felt like failed so like epically (laughs) that I didn't want the Oli behind my name. I didn't want to keep competing. I lost all of my self-confidence and it just goes through me trying to build myself back up, not only just as an athlete, but as a person and finding my way to success. And then full circle, we have Oregon 2022 and Mm -hmm. a big triumphant moment. Does that make it in the book or was the book done by then? It's in the book. Love it. 
Yeah, that mm -hmm. does that makes such a nice arc. And it's just crazy that like, you weren't sure that was going to happen. But it just kind of like you right. knew by waiting that the story would just be the right time, you know, it would just come right, together. it would so, just unfold in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a powerful element to add that kind of sports journey alongside. So I can't wait to read it. I think that'll help a lot of people. Um, unfortunately, those two topics are very needed to be talked about and uh, very common experience for a lot of men and women. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's going to be a that's going to be a very healing book for a lot of people. Did you feel like it was healing for you to write it or was it sort of difficult to write or I mean, I'm sure all books are difficult to write, but what was that process right. like for you? Mm -hmm. It was definitely difficult and healing at the same time. So the first half is mostly just my journals like I'm an avid journaler and they were just copy and paste in the book. So they were a part literal parts of my healing journey. Uh, so they were, they're raw, and they are my, like, very unique expressions in those moments. Um, and even when I was going back and writing, like, the preface, I was emotional writing it because I knew what I had expressed in the book and what I was, had experienced while writing it. And just kind of hoping that people will really open themselves up to my experience and allow it to connect with themselves and find healing in their own journey through it. Mm -hmm. That reminds yeah. me of something. I was looking at your website the other day and you said, I share because I wish someone had shared more with me. I tell my stories and speak my wisdom because I know what it feels like to feel as though no one gets it. I want you to know I get it. And I feel like this book, putting it into the world is probably hard, but it's very much that essence of like, this will make you feel like I'm I'm hearing you. You know, this is common. Yeah. This is this, I see you guys. So that is great. Um, we definitely want. Are you going to go on a little book tour? You think after the world championships or how is how is this going to go? Can people meet you? Can people get the book yeah. signed or? I would absolutely love to do that. I haven't planned one yet, um, but I know that that's something that's that's on my goal list to do a book tour. I'm for sure going to do a book club, a virtual book club, um, where we can read the book, go through the challenges together, and just kind of create this, this online community of people that can get it together. Love it. Love it. Um, but before that, you're launching that at the same time as the World Championships. So can you talk a little bit about how you're feeling going into Budapest? I mean, we're all going to watch everything unfold in a few short weeks. But yeah, what? how are things going? What's the plan? Who do you have coming over? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So things have been going splendidly. I, for a moment this season, I kind of lost that like that connection, that spark uh, that I had in the world championships last year. And I wasn't quite sure like what it was, but I was able, I, I almost even convinced myself that, you know, maybe track isn't the focus this year. I got my book. I got this nonprofit. I did so well last year. Next year is the Olympics. You know, it's okay. But something told me like, no, 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 no. All you need to do is just focus a little bit more wake up. <laughs> and, and I accepted that. And so that's how I was able to um, get on the podium on the first place podium at the national championship. And since then, 
I have been feeling so much better. So like practice is going so well. I PR twice in the squats today. Oh, wow. Crazy with the scoliosis spine of mine. <laughs> Power to the scoliosis. <laughs> Power to it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the world championships and seeing what we can put out there. Yeah, that's exciting. That's a good place to be um, coming into the important meet just as things start to come together, even if they weren't earlier in the season. So it's never too late to turn it around as long as you're healthy. That's awesome. What is your squat PR or do you not want to say? Well, I'll say. Okay, so <laughs> early, last week I PR'd and I did, oh shoot, pounds. I mean, I'm working in kilos here, okay? You can do but, kilos. Well, people can translate it. It's okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So last week I PR'd and I did 150 kilos for partial squats. And then today I did 160 kilos and then I did another set of 170 kilos, which that one is 375 pounds Dang. on my back. Do you do like, yeah. one, is that like one max or is that, I don't, sorry, I don't really lift heavy. <laughs> I did four times, like Dang. four, like quick, like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And they're partial squats. So I'm not going down to 90. I'm like angles, you know, partial. <laughs> that is a lot. I don't. Yeah, I don't even have that much weight in my gym <laughs> at home. I'd have to be like borrowing the neighbor's weights. Wow. Well, you're ready. There's some power in the legs, let's say. Some power. <laughs> That's exciting. Okay, so you alluded to that. Well, I don't want to get off the track topic too much. We'll talk about your um, your nonprofit that you mentioned mm -hmm. in a minute. Um, okay. But just getting back to track and field. So what did your season kind of look like la after last year when you had that big metal uh, moment um did you get a lot of kind of recognition for that did anything change um did you have a big celebration when you got back like what was that like to be the first female triple jump medal that the u.s has ever had yeah um it was super exciting like internally I was, I felt really peaceful. I was excited, but not like a, a jumpy, giggly excitement. It was, it was very much peace. Um, and I think that's because I had envisioned it so much for myself. I had seen it happen for myself so much prior to that, that it was kind of just like, okay, cool. Kind of like know? a freeing moment. Like, okay, I did that. Yeah. Now I can just do whatever mm -hmm. I want in the sport. Yes. Well, you can always yes. finish bronze and, and gold, but the medal is like yeah, one of those things. Up, but yeah. But that's like, that's like breaking the threshold. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. So after that, yeah, I went on a week long road trip down the West coast from Oregon to, or from Eugene to uh, San Diego. And that was awesome. That was so much fun. Um, but also, yes, I've gotten more. Nike has been nicer to me, you know, putting me on their social media and things. <laughs> They're like, um, oh, hey, we'll acknowledge you now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's always fun. They're shaking my hand. And I'm like, yes, yes. Hi, I exist. <laughs> yes. Existed before, will exist after. But OK, that's yep. something yep. to celebrate, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's been like the bulk of it. Um, I think sometimes like people, oh, I have gotten recognized a lot more, especially in Greece. Hey, here. yeah. Yeah, 
So that's been kind of fun. Like, yeah, right when I got back, I got recognized quite a few times in like different cafes and stuff or on the train, which was fun. I, I do like, feel oh, like track is pretty popular in Europe. Like I forget. It is. That, yeah. Like they, I feel like they would watch a lot more of it and you would get recognized more there than in the U.S. Although it was a home, mm. it was a U.S. championship. So that's a pretty big it deal. <laughs> yeah. You would think. Yeah. What was the stadium like? Were they selling out? It was kind of hard to tell watching it. Was it like a pretty good crowd? Could, were they getting into um, it? It was a good crowd. Like on the, the home side, that part was full when I was going. The other side was, you know, a little bit. Um, but the crowd was, they were awesome. Like ooh and on, and, you know, with the fouls and the big jumps. It was really nice. I had so much fun. And like, People that I haven't seen in a long time were there that I didn't know were going to be there, like people from my university or family, friends, all of that. And so it was just so special to be uh, in Eugene, actually, mm -hmm. and to, for them to have that moment with me. I cried. Yeah, it would be a powerful moment for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Well, that was 2022. This is a whole new year. So how, did that give you, you said it was kind of like, a piece um, going into 2023. What motivates you now, now that you've done kind of one of the big things? Was it more like the off track stuff, fueling the on track stuff? Or like, how did this year kind of come around? Because I could see how it could also be freeing, but a little bit like, okay, you're a little like, I did that. Now what do I do? Right. Yeah. Um, I think I took more interest in my off track um, projects. And so I think I did get like a little bit distracted for some time. And so that's when I was thinking like, okay, maybe this is just like, we'll take it as a, not an off year, but you know, we're, we're using that momentum to fuel these projects, which will continue to fuel my track project going into the Olympics. Mm -hmm. um, but now what is motivating me is I'm just, I'm bringing more love energy into everything that I do. Um, like for the last couple of weeks, I've been playing around with different words that make me get like really hyped during practice. So for example, so you know, like how some people be like, go kill it. Or if they're cursing, they'll be like, maybe I won't curse, but like, <laughs> they'll be like, F those people or whatever. Yeah, and I'm going to, they use all this aggressive and angry language to hype themselves up and to do well. And I've been changing the words and using like, instead of another common phrase, be like, kill them with kindness. But I would say, love them with kindness. Or I'm going to, I'm going to love these queens, <laughs> you know, it's, I know it doesn't sound as, as like hype, but to me, it also kind of brings like a bit of humor to practice where I'm like, I'm about to love on these queens. Watch me jump on. <laughs> That's funny that well that's like your optimal zone it's like a sports psychology thing like your optimal zone of performance is like that it's not like the hyper aggressive like you have to find your zone and just yes. experiment with that and see what works for you and kind of unlock that that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I you do have to kind of like just create your own reality or whatever way like because it's such a high stress situation and mm -hmm. i feel like everybody manages it differently when they get into the every athlete when they get into that situation like i remember thinking like 
okay, like you're not running against these women. They're trying to help you run a PR. They're trying to get like, which isn't true. You're competing, yeah. but like whatever diffuses the negative emotions and stokes yes. the positive ones is what you're going to just like <laughs> tell yourself. No, that's so true too. Cause like also in the stadium, it doesn't matter who anybody is clapping for. If they're clapping for Povo on the other side, I'm like, they're clapping for you, girl. Let's go. <laughs> they're all watching you and they want you to do something crazy. You yes. know, it's so true that you just kind of create your own reality in those moments. Yes. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a superpower <laughs> to be it able to do that. It is a superpower. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's dive a little bit into the nonprofit. Um, what, what is the focus? What's the name? Can you tell us uh, what inspired it? Everything. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'll tell you the little backstory first. Um, so when I was young, I grew up in like um, a more affluent neighborhood, even though my family didn't have that type of money. Um, and so after summer breaks, kids would always come back like, oh, we went on our private jet to Harrow and we were on boats and we went all these vacations and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool. I went to visit my cousins down the street, you know? <laughs> and I knew that that was a common experience, is a common experience for like for African-American children, especially African-American kids that live in cities. And my dream at that age was to just have an overnight camp where like other black kids can go and do something fun in the summertime. Um, since then, since having traveled the world and have met, con had connections and, you know, had my sporting career, this vision has grown exponentially. And what I've created is called Live Happy Retreats, where we take inner city kids and um, help them to travel to international countries and have these experiences. But it's not just about the travel. That's only part of it. A big part of it is a mental health and mental wellness experience where we help them to become more self-aware, emotionally intelligent, um, how to express themselves and manage their own mental health with yoga, qigong, exercise, and, ex and make sure that they know the importance of their connection to their body, as well as their interconnectedness with people in the world and with the universe. And so it becomes um, a whole experience that just hopefully helps them to enact transformational change within themselves and then go back to their communities and be an example for, for people of color that can experience a broader life than just what they see, you know, in the city, which isn't usually not always so great. That's awesome. It sounds kind of like giving them a sample of what you experience as an athlete, which is not mm -hmm. something everyone can do, but it's such a great lesson, such great experiences and doors opened by like being able to travel to a mm -hmm. meet in another country and experience that. And then you're working with your body mm -hmm. to hit these goals and all of these things. Um, yeah. So how can someone find out more about this uh, if they were interested in doing a retreat? Mm -hmm. um, so in doing a retreat, we would have applications available, which are not available yet. Um, right now, we're actually in the fundraising process. 
So if people are interested in one, either investing or donating or being a part of our team to help us uh, run these retreats or get these retreats going, because it's a process, um, then they can reach out to our Live Happy Retreats email, which is livehappyretreats at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram, which is livehappy underscore retreats. Our blog at mm -hmm. Keeping Track will post all the links. We always do have a collection of links for you guys in case you're listening in the car on the run and you can't remember what we said. So check that. Um, that's amazing, Tori. So when do you think this will all come together? Like, I know you've, it's hard to balance putting these like passion projects together with your job while you're doing your day job. So it's hard to, you know, the give and take. Um, do you, what's your estimated finish line for this? Mm -hmm. So we are planning to do a like domestic events tour next summer after the Olympics. Um, these will consist of like one day track camps, um, one day yoga, a couple hour yoga events, movement events. And then we also want to do one or two, um, two to three day weekend retreats. And those will be domestic and we would still take kids to different parts of the country to do something like that. Um, so that's the plan for next summer to do the domestic tour. And then the following summer will be our first international trip to the Dominican Republic. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Hopefully you get loads of supporters. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that will want to be behind this. It sounds really impactful. So that's awesome. Do you find that these projects kind of fuel your um like your training and your competitions because you're excited about it? Or like, how do you balance both of those things? Absolutely. Like the last couple months, there has been so much progress in both of these projects that it's made me like more excited to keep training, to keep doing things, especially because I know that track and field is my bread and butter. Track and field is what gives my book a cover. Um, it's what gives my retreats like a face for people to want to be involved. And so it makes me want to continue to train hard and continue to work hard and compete well so that these projects will continue to, to take off and be successful one day. Mm -hmm. It's your platform, but then you can do so many other things with the platform. So yeah, exactly. definitely. It's good motivation. <laughs> yes. Definitely not a one-dimensional athlete. <laughs> not at all. Yes. So many dimensions. Do you have any competitions coming up between now and Worlds, or are you just training at this point? Yeah, right now I'm just training. Um, well, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be the World Championships, everybody. <laughs> so yeah. just turn on your team. I, I have meets after Worlds, too, so I'll be around for a couple weeks after that. Okay. Is your schedule posted on your website? We can drop the link to your website so people can follow you and find out more about where to watch. It is not, but um, it's simple because they're all diamond leagues. So that makes it a little easier. Okay. So we'll be in, doing um, the tour. Yeah. <laughs> Zurich, Brussels, and then uh, the finals barring that I have enough points to go. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a favorite diamond league meet? Do I? Well, I really liked Monaco last year. That was my first time going to Monaco. Um. I love Switzerland, the country, so I like going to Zurich also. I think those are my two favorite. Oh, and Paris. Hmm. I did 
like some Paris. I know it's a little motivating to say the least <laughs> yeah. that the Olympics are in Paris next year. <laughs> Just like, a little. What a, what, a con what a romantic country to have the Olympic Games in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do some shopping, go to see hey. some museums. Uh, yes. You know, everyone, everyone's family will want to come see it in France. <laughs> right. They'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Now. Yeah. A good excuse to go to France. That's awesome. Um, well, I think we have some great information, really exciting things that you're doing. Um, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to read the book. I can't wait to see what happens with the camps. And I can't wait to watch you jump at the World Championship. So lots going on, Tori. Um, was there anything else you wanted to share with us? Um, anything else you wanted to talk about or anything else you wanted to drop as far as how to follow, uh, follow you, support you? Yes. I think the easiest and quickest way is just to follow me on Instagram at live happy L I V E H A P P I I instead of Y. Cause that's where I put everything. And yes. Um, other than that, I just want to tell people that they are love and beautiful and magnificent and to keep trusting their heart. That's it. Love it. Can't wait to watch you love on those queens in a few love. weeks. <laughs> yes. Thanks okay. so much, Tori. We look forward to cheering for you at the World Championships and um, we look forward to hearing your story. And yeah, thanks again for talking to us on Keeping Track. Thank you. Keep track, keep track. Keep track, keep track. I want a time work. Yeah, yeah. Keep track, keep track. I want a time work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep track. You already know it. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.